Real Golf Radio. It's a reround now on the team. Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. Brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Protecting the rights of you and your loved ones. It's a reround on Real Golf Radio. Hey, welcome in to the Mountainland Supply Hour of Real Golf Radio. Mountainland Supply is your turf specialist with rainbird sprinklers, controllers, drip irrigation, and everything you need to irrigate your lawn like the pros. Go to mountainlandsupply.com. And thanks for joining us. I'm Brian Taylor, alongside Bob Casper. As always, Dave Glauser producing the program right here on 1280 The Zone every Saturday morning from 6 to 9, and we appreciate you tuning in. It's uh, It's been a fun couple of hours already if you missed it, we're going to replay some for you. Boyd Summerhays, uh, who you all know and love here in Utah, did a great job with us. A little two-part interview. We'll play the full interview in its entirety. It aired in hour number one. So if you're just uh, rolling out of the rack and joining us and want to hear some golf, uh, talk about Preston signing with ASU. I know. I know BYU and Utah both wanted and would love to have had him here, but uh, really cool. I think a great decision to go to college golf and not turn professional right away, which something that uh, was talked about. And in fact, I uh, Boyd led yeah. me to believe that, it, that Preston probably would not be attending college, but he's going to do so. He's going to be close to home. And, and uh, whether it's for a year, whether it's for two years, can't see it being much more than that before Preston's ready to go out there and try his hand at professional golf. But still a great interview with Boyd, talking a little bit about Tony as well and how to hit that low, low shot. With the winds picking up the way they are, and especially the the expected winds uh, later today, if you're going to be out there, you got to be able to flight the ball down. And Boyd talks a little bit about that. It's all good stuff. Yeah. Um, congratulations to definitely to Preston Summerhays and and what he's been able to accomplish and and uh, the excitement of being able to play collegiate golf at a top level. This is you know the team that he's going to be playing for is one of the best teams in the country, one of the top five teams in the country that has a pretty good opportunity to win a national championship. Um, they've got some phenomenal players, and Preston's going to be jumping right into the mix with those guys there. I wonder if the Oklahoma State uh, coach was like, yo, Boyd, come on, man, throw me a bone here, you know? Former alumni, yeah, all legacy. that kind of stuff. But Legacy, come yeah. on, Boyd. Yeah, well, it didn't happen. And I'm sure, like nope. I said, there's a lot of other coaches out there that were sort of hoping that that might happen. So anyway. It's got to be right. The fit has to be right. No doubt. Nah, no doubt about it. All right, some of the storylines in professional golf, we got to talk about them for sure. Uh, the Zozo Championship in, um, in Japan, Tiger off to a hot start with an opening round 64. The rest of the round uh, was doused, I should say. The second round was doused. Uh, it's not so hot with a bunch of rain, and and so uh, that that's been been a factor. But uh, Tiger opening with the sixty four, Bob, give us the numbers, man. Uh, that was a big one for for even Tiger, who seems to like to rewrite the the record book, most of which contains his own work. Uh, well, how did that go down this week? Well, you know, it's interesting. He he started with three bogeys to begin his opening uh, uh, event of the two thousand. 1920 season um and then said to himself if i can make three birdies coming in get back to even par post a you know one or two under par with the wind conditions and all that kind of thing then it won't be that bad he ends up making three birdies he he parred the fourth hole or his fourth hole made three birdies and then made one more birdie to get to one under par so so he bettered what what his thought was then he thought going to the to his second nine holes, if I can make a couple more, I'll be okay. And he ends up making five more. 
uh, to get to six under par. Now, that is the lowest round he has ever shot in the first round of any given season on the PGA Tour. So, And how many 22, seasons? 22 season debuts. Wow. He's had he- seven victories. And most notably, we've talked about Maui in 2000, Torrey Pines in 2003 were highlight reels of his golf. And, and he won both those times in his first event. And in those rounds, he carded a 71 and a 70, meaning that Tiger starts kind of a little slow, but he finishes extremely strong. Well, this week he starts extremely strong, shooting six under par, 64 in the first round of the Zozo Championship. And the other thing I wanted to point out, how deep were those crowds watching those guys Man, in that group? Those people were so excited there in Japan to be able to watch Tiger Woods play golf. Yeah, well, of course, as they should be, and he put on quite the show. I want to know what kind of an omen is this? You know, I mean, you think I'm a big Sandlot fan, and, you know, when when uh, Benny busted the guts on that uh, baseball, they, they said it was, it was an omen, and it turned into the whole saga that, that was the Sandlot and the Beast and all that. But what kind of an omen is this, if any? Are you buying into any of my uh, theory that this could potentially be an omen for Tiger Woods, or is just was it just a good round? You know, in, in the past, we've seen him shoot 64s um, and, uh, and seen him run away and hide from everybody else. But Tiger's become more human over the last, last uh, you know, decade of golf. And, you know, we'll see him shoot a really good round and come back with a poor round. So uh, as far as the omen is concerned, it would be awesome to see him win early in the year because this is the first time he's ever played in the fall of the year starting his tour season. He's always waited till January. Or or the first part of February to play. So um, yeah, I think it would be fun to see that happen so quickly. Uh, still in in the actual year of 2019, but the 2019-20 season. Yeah, well, and the, it also answers a lot of questions already about his knee, yeah. and you know what, you know we, we were health. sort of yep. surprised at, at hearing that he had a procedure here in Utah, and and. You know, what would that really mean? And you sort of said to yourself, all right, here we go again. You know, you hear about it just being a minor procedure, but what is, what's really going on? What's really the diagnosis? What's the real impact of this? And apparently it is what he said. Just took a little rehab to be back to go. Clean it up. But yeah, yeah. And, and then he played in the Skins game last week, and, and here he is uh, off to a good start. So anyway. I like that he's smiling, that he doesn't have that, you know, focused necessarily look on his face. I like that he's smiling, that he's showing some emotion and it looks like he's happy with what's happening uh, with his game and how he's feeling. Speaking of, he, he did uh, laugh off and was smiling a little bit despite being uh, frustrated at leaving a putt short on the <laughs> final hole of the Skins game. Jason Day goes on to win. I, I, I made the comment to Jason Sobel that I liked it. I liked the Skins game. I thought it was more personable. And and really my point was I I, I liked it better than the Tiger Phil exhibition oh, that yeah. we saw. That was and, contrived. And Sobel comes out with, yeah, well, I mean, it's certainly better than anything else at 3 o'clock in the morning on the Golf Channel. So <laughs> I he was trying to be nice to me, but I don't think he really thought it was all that great. Um, th- this is the reason why I did like it. It felt not not because of the competition or that they were playing a high level tournament or there was pressure or or stress really of anything to speak of. What I liked about it is it really felt like the the, the TV broadcast brought you in as if you were following along with some of the best players in the world playing a casual round of golf and yeah. seeing what they talk about. They hear them talk the about some of the shots yeah. that yep. they're going to hit. You know, 
for that that to me is what I, I guess if if you gave me a fantasy, I don't know that caddying for a top player in a tour event would be as appealing as getting a chance to just walk around and play a casual round of golf with them. Because that, to me, that's what you kind of want to know. That's what, I think that's why people follow them on Twitter, Instagram, what have you, is to really kind of find out what they're like. You know, what, what is, how do they go about their game? How are they similar to you in some aspects? And so I thought they brought that out in the telecast. So for those reasons, I thought it was a, it was a success. Casual round of golf is one thing. Um, you know, it, that, that of course would be fun. That would be awesome to play with any of those guys. Um, you know, Jason day, any of those guys, uh, you know, the only guy in that, that, uh, that grouping, uh, so to speak was, uh, that didn't, hasn't won a major is Hideki Matsuyama, but he's had a lot of success on tour, but to get to the next level, being able to be on the bag in winning a championship or being in contention, winning a championship or a major championship. That's like, that's like off the hook. You would never experience anything like that in your life. And having been on the bag when, when friends or my dad or whatever were in contention and had a chance to win, you think your heart races when you're in the competition, it freaking races when you're just carrying the bag that you (laughs) knowing that your player is, it has a chance to win that uh, that you don't want to make a mistake, it, it's it's a really cool experience. It's a rush, huh? Yeah, it is total rush. Mm. Adrenaline city. I like it. I like it. Well, cool stuff. I, I thought the Skins game was fun. Uh, I'll be interested to see in a couple of weeks when we have the President's Cup picks. I, I've been a vid- big advocate of, not, of Tiger not picking himself, but yep. if he goes on to win this week, it's certainly – does make it compelling, doesn't it? Um, Gives it a little bit more fuel. Yeah, I guarantee it'll be a point of discussion. I don't think he'll do it. I think he really wants to win, and the last thing he wants is scrutiny over picking himself, especially after a goose egg performance at the yeah. Ryder Cup last year. Yeah. I think he says, "Look, I'll be, I'll be the captain. You all go out, get me the W, do what you need to do. I'll hold the trophy at the end of the of the end of the deal without having to." put any of the work into it on, on the golf course. I'll, I'll ride around in the golf cart with my walkie talkie and do that whole thing. (laughs) Like I, I think that to me that, that, that seems more appropriate for tiger, but I agree. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, no doubt. So, Hey, listen, um, we, we, as we mentioned, we had a lot of good stuff going on and, and we wanted to get to that interview with Boyd Summerhays and it's brought to you in part by Zion's bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. First part of our conversation with Boyd Summerhays. BT Bob, how you guys doing? Doing good, man. Appreciate you taking yep. some time to to spend with us. And uh, first of all, congratulations are in order. I suppose it's you know it's been one uh, really awesome summer for you with uh, Preston winning earlier, and uh, you know I mean to to see what he's been able to accomplish in the game, and then you know to sign with Arizona State. I mean that's pretty cool, right? I mean it's got to be one of those dad moments where you're just like you know. Uh, you know, I know you did that as, and now to see your son do that, I'm sure it gives you great satisfaction. Yeah. You know, during the summer, you know, we didn't want to think too much about it, but after he won the men's state, am, you know, Arizona state and Texas and Oklahoma state, and even Pepperdine was on his short list, um, for the last couple, you know, year and a half. And, and we kind of just keep things simple. So he didn't really 
want to think about college during the summer, but he obviously knows that at some point he's got to think about it. So when he got home in, in September, he's able to sit down kind of really think about the pros and cons of all the schools because they're great schools. There's a lot of great things about all of those uh, options. And, and in the end, you know, he, he, is, he loves Arizona. He grew up here. Um, he spends the summers there in Utah, and but we, we, we have our main home here. And, and uh, he kind of he said something to me right before the, the end of the summer. He, he wanted to go home a little earlier than we all did. It's blazing hot down here in, in early September, late August, and he was itching to go home. And in my heart, I kind of knew, like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Because some kids just want to leave home. They just want to go somewhere. And, and that was just never Preston's desire. He, he just felt like, hey, Arizona State's a great team. Matt Thurman, the coach there, has done an awesome job. Uh, they, you know, picked up the number one ranking even a couple weeks ago. But they'll be a top five school regardless of kind of week to week. But Matt's done a great job building a good program. So if he's able to stay at home, still has the family support, coaching, training, all the stuff that has gotten to this point and has a good team and good good quality teammates that are great players, it's, it just started to make more and more sense to him. And so, you know, he's excited to have that decision made. And, and uh, yeah, we are too. You know, we love having him around. He's a great kid. So we're, we're glad that he's excited to be here too. Yeah, it's pretty cool to be able to um, have the team around him and, and keep it in place and, and kind of keep it close and close to family and that kind of thing. I know having had kids go away to school and Brian has one now that, that, you know, has gone, gone to school and that kind of thing. You just miss having your kids around. Well, I think too, it's, it's different saying basketball. Uh, maybe you have your high school coach and then maybe the top kids are going to be able to go to North Carolina, Duke, um, whatnot and be able to be coached by Krzyzewski or Roy Williams. Well, in this case, He's had good training here in Arizona. His team is solid. And when he goes to college, those coaches will continue to help with certain aspects of his game. But he's able to still, in golf, kids that the top kids in the country are already working with. Um, either they're already great players or they have, you know, solid teams around them. So it, it was, I, I'm always trying to learn from my my life too. You know, I went to Oklahoma State and, and at the time, you know, I, I, I was really excited to go there and I never regret that decision at all. But Preston had, um, you know, has this team in place and has a great option right here in our backyard of a top school and, and a motivated coach there. And he'll have great players to play against and play with and compete with there. And you now there's it just made a lot of sense to to stay and and uh, go to Arizona State. And, and he's really excited. So I think it's not it is nice to have an, an awesome option, a great team and and great history right in your backyard. So I'm glad that he didn't feel like he was um, needing to search uh, for different options. Had a great option right here, and he took it. So we're excited for him. Boyd Summerhays joining us here on Real Golf Radio. Uh, what would you, um, I guess, tell take us through the decision to go to college or play college golf versus turning professional. I, I swear, or I seem to think that at some point you'd mentioned that he would be turning pro early and that type of thing. What, what went into that decision to go ahead and pursue college athletics? Well, I think he's, he's going to have a different path than most, most kids still. I mean, we're, we're pretty honest with our, our decision-making and, and he's still going to be playing. He's going to have a combination over the next two years of junior golf, amateur golf and professional golf. He's already played a couple of mini tour events this um, in the last couple of months. He's going to hopefully play in a Corn Ferry Tour event this next year, maybe a PGA Tour event. He is in the U.S. Open, 
as he continues to develop, hopefully those same opportunities come up or similar opportunities. And if not, he'll, he'll seek them out. You know, he's going to try to Monday qualify. He, he, he did the pre-qualifying, got through in Vegas, or the Shriners, and did the Monday qualifying there. Like, he, he wants to test himself. So his goal, his ultimate goal is the PGA Tour. Um, I don't know how long um, it'll take him to get there. You know, two years is a long ways away. He's been able to improve really fast. Um, I think that, you know, he's going to continue to do, like I said, junior golf, amateur golf, professional golf. He'll go to, he'll go to the Corn Ferry uh, Q School this next year as an amateur just for the experience. You know, I, I just want to, as a kid that's always had big goals and big dreams, we've always just given him the opportunity to throw himself in there with the best competition all the time to continue to let him grow. And more than anything, that's what makes him click. He enjoys playing against the toughest competition possible and trying to get ready and, and whatnot. And then I think the college option, you know, forever, how long he is there. Um, I think a lot of college players are having a lot of success and, and that's been intriguing to him. College golf, they play a lot of amazing courses. I mean, when I played, I remember playing some decent courses for sure, but they, every, these top colleges, their schedules are incredible. You've got Pebble Beach, you've got Cypress, you've got Isleworth, you've got Inverness. Um, they're playing Olympia Fields. They're playing major championship golf courses uh, and quality golf courses all the time. So there's there's some good value in that. And and obviously Matthew Wolf, Marikawa, Victor Hovland, they play great right out of college. And some of stayed four years, two years, one year, two years. So there's a, there's going to be a we don't know what his path is. You know his ultimate goal is to get on the PGA Tour as soon as he can. And and I think that you know he feels right now that that may be a a really helpful, you know, thing and and getting to him to where he wants to go. So, I think the well, danger is you never want to you never want to go there. You never want, in my opinion, you never want to go too early. It's always there, right? And so, yeah, he would have to do something extraordinary to change that decision, and then it would be obvious to everyone that that would be the right decision. But that's really I've never seen that actually happen. You know, Jordan Spieth was as good as you could get. He took a top 10, I think, in a tour event when he was 16. And then the yeah. next year he played salt as well. And he still went to a year and a half of school. And then it was obvious that he was ready. You know, he won won the John Deere as a 19-year-old. And so um, even your greatest, you know, junior golfer and even some of the top amateurs, you know, these, these guys on the PGA Tour are incredible players. And it sometimes just doesn't hurt just to make sure you're ready. So I think that... Um, We'll be patient with all that process. He'll know when he's supposed to turn pro, and, and that's just so far away. It's it's just very natural to just keep doing what he's doing, junior golf, amateur golf, pro golf, commit to college, use that as a, a continue, you know, a place to continue to develop his game, play some great courses, play against some great players. And if he ends up being one of the better college players or top-ranked amateurs, then maybe there's some decisions to be made. But that's still a long, long ways away. So um, we're excited about what he's choosing to do right now. Boyd Summerhays joining us here on Real Golf Radio. Um, sorry, Bob. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, you, boy, you're around it all the time. You, you're around the tour. You're around those players and stuff. Yeah. And those guys are crazy good. How how yeah. good they are. And you know, to give uh, for uh, your son Preston to understand that and to want to develop his talent and and develop it through junior golf and playing professional events and college golf and that kind of thing. He's, he's on a good track. Whereas one of your star pupils, who's one of the top players in the world right now, uh, Tony Finau went about it a totally different track and he cut his, 
cut his teeth going through the ranks of mini tours and and state opens and uh, Canada and getting onto the Corn Ferry Tour and and now one of the best players um, on the on the um, PGA Tour. Well, exactly. There's definitely different paths to get to the tour. You know, Tony and, and Tony's situation was a little bit different too. You know, he he made that decision to go for that two million dollars in the in the big stakes game or I can't remember what it's called, but yeah. And then, you know, he, it was the right decision for him. And then, you know, it took him a little longer to get there, but basically it's hard to say that his option was wrong either. You know, he, he was playing yeah. against some of the best mini tour players, corn fairy players. I mean, he's playing against great players. And so when he got to the tour at 24, he was a rookie, but he really wasn't a rookie. He was pretty seasoned. So, you know, there's, there's value in, in everyone's path. I just think that the person needs to, to be, committed to the path they take you know he's got a good friend and Akshay Batia that never wanted to go to college and and he just knew he was going to turn pro he's 17 and he's a great great player and I think a lot of people are going to criticize his decision but honestly that's what he wanted to do and that's what's going to motivate him to get better so I'm not opposed to either decision but I do think that I would prefer just to make sure that you know, if you've proven that you can win, he just needs to keep pressing this a long ways away from, you know, his game is very good. He gets to play against all the, all the tour players I teach and he Preston is very, very good. But, um, I just think you need to continue to try to be the best junior golfer. And he definitely is one of those. And that's obvious. And then become one of the best amateurs, if not the best amateur in the world. That that's always been my pitch to him and look at the world. Number one amateurs, Patrick Cantley, John Rom, Danny Willett, um, you know, it just, you look at who is the Matthew Wolf, Victor Hovland become the world number one amateur. And then let's just go from there. Just keep on just climbing up the ladder and don't get too far ahead. We have, we know what he wants to do and he knows what he wants to do, but just keep winning at every level and becoming the best at each level. And then everything else takes care of itself. All right, that's Boyd Summerhays part one. We'll hear the second part of that coming up in just a couple of minutes. And the show brought to you in part by Hoops Vision. Go to hoopsvision.com and book your free comprehensive consultation today. Do it for yourself. Improve your life. Not having to deal with contacts, glasses, and all the hassle that goes with that. It's so easy. Absolutely worth it. Go to Hoops Vision. And again, mention Real Golf Radio. Save $1,000 off your LASIK procedure. HoopsVision.com. More Real Golf Radio continues next. Hi, this is Ned Siegfried. Siegfried and Jensen can help you if you've been injured in an accident. However, one thing we can't do is change the amount of your insurance coverage. You need to do that before an accident. By calling your insurance agent today, you can significantly raise your insurance limits for literally pennies a day. You'll be shocked to find out how little it costs to really protect yourself and your family. To learn more about this and other important elements of an accident, visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. This is Bob Casper for Barbecue Pit Stop. I'm a Traeger guy, and I got their Timberline 1300 from Barbecue Pit Stop. It comes with a Wi-Fi app where you can see and adjust your cooking temps while sitting on your couch or if you're out and about. My Timberline has 1,300 square inches of cooking space and the ability to cook up to 12 chickens, 15 racks of ribs, or 12 pork butts. I love my Traeger grill, and you can pick up yours today from Barbecue Pit Stop with locations in Lehigh, Salt Lake, Layton, or at barbecuepitstop.com. 
Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. This is Brian Taylor. There are things in your life that stand out as significant, game changers even. They impact everything else you do. I'm not overstating when I say my choice to have LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision was one of those. Growing up, I had good vision. I never wanted glasses. One day in college, I realized I couldn't see the whiteboard. Finally, I broke down. I got glasses and contacts, and I was introduced to the world of irritated and dry eyes, contact solution, broken glasses, you name it. Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts, no more solution, no no more glasses. Instantly, I could see. There was no pain. It was so easy, and it worked. My only regret was waiting so long. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with the latest technology, they give you more options than ever. Do yourself a favor. Go to HoopsVision.com right now and schedule your free consultation. And mention Real Golf Radio and save $1,000 off your LASIK procedure. Hoops Vision is your key to making sure nothing gets between you and your life focus. It's one of those moments you'll always remember. The first tee can teach young people how to hit a driver or how to stop a ball out of a bunker. But true success is measured by how well they perform off the golf course, by how well they use values like confidence, perseverance, and integrity in their daily lives. The first tee helps young men and women become better golfers, but even more important, better people. Get involved. Visit thefirsttee.org. Temperatures are dropping, and you know what that means. Frozen pipes, busted sprinklers, and worse. Turn to the experts at Mountainland Supply to get you the right products for your yard that will last this time. Mountainland Supply is an exclusive Rainbird Golf distributor in Utah. That means the golf pros and superintendents trust Mountainland Supply and Rainbird for their sprinklers, controllers, pipe, and everything they need to irrigate their golf courses. Shop where the pros shop. Go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest to you. Tee it up at Uinta Golf with the new arrivals from Cleveland Golf. Turbocharge your game with the new Cleveland Launcher HB Turbo Driver that delivers more speed for higher, longer, and straighter drives. And the Launcher HB Turbo Irons, which deliver maximum forgiveness, higher trajectory, and increased ball speed for more accurate and longer shots. And the Launcher UHX Irons deliver the perfect blend of distance and accuracy. Let us help you get custom fit for free today at Uinta Golf, home of the 90-day 100% satisfaction guarantee. It's a reround on Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. Welcome back to Real Golf Radio, hour number three in this segment brought to you in part by Mountainland Supply, the official Rainbird Golf Irrigation Supplier in the state of Utah. Want your lawn to look as good as your favorite golf course? Shop where the pros shop at Mountainland Supply. Go to mountainlandsupply.com. Continuing with our conversation with Boyd Summerhays. All right, so uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Tony Finau. A lot has been made, a lot of video uh, highlights shown on the PGA Tour of how low he can hit the ball. You know, uh, it was at par three in the playoffs when he just hit that, just that shot that looked like it barely got above the 
the bag, you know, and uh, went to 200 plus yards. What What is it, and especially this time of year when you start playing with the weather changing, you find windy conditions. What is it about Tony, I guess, his move? What do you work with him on to be able to hit shots as low as he, as, as he does? Well, I think a lot of that is his creativity, and I think he would attribute it to some of the weather in Utah. You know, he's played great in the Open Championship, and before that, I don't know how much overseas he had really played a couple of times, but not not as traveled as other kids, right? So um, in Utah, we get such a wide variety of conditions in the summer. I mean, we can we can have four seasons in in late May and in October. We can get four seasons in one day, right? And so <laughs> you kind of adapt to some heavy winds, some rain, some cold, and and I think you just learn how to how to flight your ball in those heavy winds, the canyon winds. There's a lot of golf courses in Utah where, man, those morning breezes out of the canyons are strong. And uh, I yeah. think that's part of it for sure. And he does, because he has such high ball speed, whether he knew it or not, as a kid, he needed to have quite a bit of forward shaft lean to be able to keep his ball from going too high. And so he's always had a great impact position, catches it really clean, has, you know, he de-lofts the club like a, you know almost every tour player does quite a bit. And that allows him to kind of flight the ball. But he definitely each year has gotten more versatile with his game. And it's just something he works on, you know, putting it up high in the air. That's probably, you know, pretty easy for him to do. And he's gotten really good. He spent a lot of time on learning to take some spin off the ball and keep it lower in the heavy winds because he knows that that is a big part of the tour, too, is being able to control the trajectory when there gets to be a little wind. And, man, he's he's um, done awesome in the open championship and links golf because of that ability to keep it low and, and under the wind for sure. Obviously and getting the to tour and curve it both ways too. Like yeah. a hard yeah. up the right wind yeah. bank it in with a little draw vice versa. When it's a really heavy crosswind, he can cut it back up into it. So I think not only his ability to flight it trajectory wise, height wise, he's been able to do it with curve too. So I but, think it's just each year he gets better. But just just from an amateur standpoint, what what do you just say? And obviously, Tony is is elite talent and lots of practice. But if you want, typically, you want to hit the ball low. If you've got a seven iron, you want to flight it down. What what I mean, what's the basic steps for hitting a low shot versus a stock shot that might go you know up in the air and get caught in the wind? Well, I think a lot of people just traditionally just think you just put it way back in your stance. But the truth is, it makes it really hard to aim when you get it excessively far back you can put it a little further back but i think for the most part you need to be able to take a little bit of speed off you know ball speed makes the ball go higher for sure so a lot of times when people are trying to hit a little lower they may take you know a little more club i choke down on a little bit but i think more of it is in the way you look at guys fall throughs end up being very abbreviated in the process of abbreviating the fall through the club actually the shaft starts to lean forward and take some loft off and so i actually would have if you were trying to learn how to hit it good and low i would learn to take small divots and hit it low because of loft a lot of people just interpret put it way back and hit really hard down on it but a lot of times that actually creates a low launch with a ton of spin and it actually raises a lot higher in the end than it would. So um, you just get on a range, maybe put the ball a little farther back, maybe push the hand, your hands a little forward ahead at address. That is theoretically de-lofting a little bit, but learn to hit it low without hitting crazy, crazy down on it. Because if you're not, you don't want to try to launch it low only because of angle of attack. You want to launch lower because of loft. So that would be my suggestion. And keep the lower body moving, right? 
Oh yeah, it's just a normal swing, and you'll see guys that fly it pretty good just have a little bit shorter fall through, but it's still a very aggressive swing. You can see that. We're talking about Tony Finau and and how he hits the ball low. That's that's what um, the question that Brian asked. What what what's Tony's schedule look like the rest of the fall? Um, he's going to be playing. Um, over there in Japan at the Zozo, uh, what are some of the other events uh, that he has coming up? Yeah, so he, he just left here. He came down to Scottsdale to get a little work in um, before he left. Um, he's on a flight now, get over to Japan, um, finish up a couple more events on the PGA Tour, play ch- uh, the WGC event in China, the one he lost in the playoff last year. And then... Uh, you know, he's going to take a look at maybe a couple of more options. Obviously, we're hoping that he plays well enough to get the pick to play in the President's Cup. And then once he knows that, I think he'll know his schedule a little more. It's hard to speculate where he's going to play until he kind of knows after these two weeks how they go and what that's going to relate to getting picked on the on the President's Cup. So he's always been an active player. He plays less than he used to. You know, his rookie year, he played something like 33 or 34 events. It's gotten a little lower each year, but he still likes to play a lot. He's a lot of times the top 10 players in the world, they, they play a lot less, but he, that's how he, he stays sharp is by playing tournaments. So I don't see him taking too much time off. It's just he, he enjoys playing. Well, it was fun to see him out at Alpine the day he landed from playing over in Scotland, and he's already out there with Drace out there playing golf, and I'm like, wow, yeah. he's got to have jet lag going on, but here he is out there, uh, you know, playing golf. So, you know, I mean, that's good, right? I mean, that, that shows he loves it and wants to be out and continue to get better. Well, I think the thing that people forget is, like, it's, you know, it took him so long to get to the tour that once you get there, He's, he's very smart when it comes to um, – he's very observant. He knows that when you're playing good, don't take it for granted. you got to continue to keep your work ethic and your drive and your desire up because once you get complacent or comfortable, it's really – he's seen it over and over from guys. They fall off their games, and then it's really hard to get it back. So he's done a great job of, like, like you say, hey, he just got off a flight from overseas, and he's out playing the next day with Drace. And, yeah, he's hungry. You know, he just, he's motivated and he's hungry. And I think that hunger kind of got built up over years and years of trying to make it to the tour. And I actually think that's been a great thing for his uh, career on the PGA tour is that there was a lot of struggle to get there. So their hunger still pretty, pretty strong. So some guys as much success as he's had, as much money as he's had and how much, um, He's accomplished already. Some people would get maybe a little complacent, but he's far from that. He, he wants to do far more, and he knows he can do a lot better. So he, he definitely works hard at it. Hey, you know, we, oh. we've kept you kind of a little bit long, but real oh, quick, um, who are some of the other guys that you're working with on tour? I know you had made some posts about Scott Harrington finishing uh, second just, you know, just a week ago in Houston. Um, who are some of the other guys that, uh, that you uh, spend some time with besides Tony? Yeah, so Wyndham Clark had a nice year last year. He was a rookie on the PJ Tour. He finished 65th on the FedEx Cup and a young player with a lot of power. Has a great short game. I think he'll just continue to get better each season as he gets more comfortable out on tour. And then, like I said, Scott Harrington, a guy that I've been working with a little over three years. Um, we met, met up on the Corn Ferry Tour, and he lives in Arizona. It made it convenient. I am really busy, so it, it was a good fit for me that he was in Arizona and Actually, he's a great guy. I liked him instantly. You know, Tony and him battled against each other on the mini tours. And it's not often where Tony plays with somebody on the mini tours and tells me, hey, 
this guy was really good. Scott actually was one where he's like, man, I expect him to get to the tour. He's a great player. He knew he was really good, just needed to sharpen up a couple things. But um, Scott Harrington's been a, a great guy to work with. I've really enjoyed him. His story's awesome. 17 years, professional. Finally get his PGA Tour card. And already in four events, he's made almost $800,000. Wow. Lost by one in a PGA Tour event. He's proving to himself that he has the game to you know, really do damage on the PGA Tour. He hits it really far. Um, he has high ball speed, just like Tony. Obviously, Tony has another gear that you know other guys don't have. But Scott's, you know, club head speed and ball speed are very high, which makes it where he's 38, but the ball doesn't know how old you are. So, <laughs> same scenario there. I see a guy that took so long to get to the tour that it was really cool when he got his card. Sure, that next couple of days in the week, I'm sure that was incredible. They were celebrating quite a bit. But the next time I saw him at the TPC to get to work. It honestly was a quick, hey, great job, you know, and it was just, let's go. He knows he's got to get it done and, and take advantage of these next seven to ten years, and he's off to a great start this fall on the, on the PGA Tour, so I'm really happy for him. Great guy, great story. So, yeah, I know he, a lot of people know his story a little bit because of his wife, you know, having cancer, and he had to take a medical leave to assist with her and be there to support and just all, of, all that they were both going through with that, so for him to be one year off of that, you know, medical hardship basically and get his PGA tour card and have his wife feeling good and in recovery is, is really exciting for them. So it's a, he's a, he's a great story. Yeah. Really cool. And Boyd, before we let you go, man, I have to ask you about Danny. Uh, how's he doing and uh, how's his game coming along? Hey, he's in good spirits. He's been working hard and playing, you know, in some mini tour events to get ready. It, there is a lull in the schedule if you're not, on the PGA tour, there really is nowhere to play right now because they're just going through the corn Ferry Q school. So he's been playing some events in California, staying sharp. He's coming down to my place next week, stay at the house and playing a mini tour event. Him and Preston will go play in on the golden state tour here in Arizona. And then he'll go off to bear Creek in November for second stage. And he's been playing nicely. He's been playing better and, and he feels motivated, feels good health wise. And, and I expect him to do well. You know, I think he's in a great frame of mind. That's the most important thing is that he wants to be playing and he's excited to be playing and he's, he's a great player and he works really, really hard. So if he wants to get back to the PGA Tour, it, he will get there because he has an incredible work ethic. So I'm excited that I kind of see that drive and that excitement for him to play. And so I think the rest will take care of itself as long as he just keeps that motivation and that, you know, excitement to, to get it back. Love it. Hey, Boyd, thanks for your time, man. We really appreciate it. It's always good to talk some golf and check in with you and exciting things ahead. Uh, Bob and I both feel Tony's a lock for the President's Cup, so um, uh, hopefully that uh, Tiger feels the same way and you guys are headed over there. I assume you'll be going down under with him if uh, if that's the case, huh? Yeah, well, they they do a really cool thing now with the Junior President's Cup. Preston's on the Junior President's Cup team, so they take the junior team over and they play the Sunday and Monday on the same golf course, Royal Melbourne, wow. right before they come over. So I'm hoping to just be over in Australia for a little bit here in December. That would be great. Two of my favorite yeah. students playing at Royal Melbourne and, and having a great experience. So I know Tony wants that, but he's he's also confident that, hey, whatever happens, happens, and, and he can live with it. He knows that we needed to qualify for our spot. Now it's in Tiger's hands, but hopefully uh, – 
you know, we do get that spot and we're over in Australia for a couple of weeks there in December. It'd be a lot of fun. That'd be really that's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations. And thanks for sharing it, man. We're, we're excited for you. I know it's been a big year for you and your family and uh, in your career and, and everything you're doing. Really great guy. We really appreciate you sharing us and, and taking us along that journey with you. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for always supporting me and my players and my family and happy to be on with you guys. You guys are doing a great job and always have fun talking with you guys. All right. Thanks, Boyd. Appreciate it, bud. You got it. All right. That's Boyd Summerhays joining us here on Real Golf Radio, and it's brought to you in part by Siegfried and Jensen, 801-222-2222, Siegfried and Jensen. More of the show coming up next. Hi, it's Ned Siegfried. Siegfried and Jensen has been around a long time. We've been handling injury cases for over 30 years. During this time, Siegfried and Jensen has had the privilege of helping tens of thousands of Utahns. If you've had the misfortune of being injured in an accident, we'd love to help you as well. To talk to us for free about your situation, call us at 801-222-2222 or visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. You might know Mountainland Supply for its turf irrigation products and design services, but did you know that Mountainland Supply also carries holiday lighting? As the temperatures drop and the clubs go in the closet and your spouse says, it's time to get the holiday lights up, think Mountainland Supply. They can help you design and calculate the exact feet of strands that you need to make your home sparkle this year. Using smartphone technology, you can control thousands and thousands of color options with the push of a button. For all your holiday lighting, go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. This is Brian Taylor. There are things in your life that stand out as significant. Game changers, even. They impact everything else you do. I'm not overstating when I say my choice to have LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision was one of those. Growing up, I had good vision. I never wanted glasses. One day in college, I realized I couldn't see the whiteboard. Finally, I broke down. I got glasses and contacts. And I was introduced to the world of irritated and dry eyes, contact solution, broken glasses, you name it. Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts. No more solution. No more glasses instantly i could see there was no pain it was so easy and it worked my only regret was waiting so long hoops vision is world renowned and with the latest technology they give you more options than ever do yourself a favor go to hoopsvision.com right now and schedule your free consultation and mention real golf radio and save a thousand dollars off your lasik procedure hoops vision is your key to making sure nothing gets between you and your life focus it's one of those moments you'll always remember Hi, fellow sports fans. It's Ned Siegfried. What would we do without sports? Following our favorite sports teams, whether it be the Jazz or the Utes or the Cougs, takes our mind off the many challenges in life. Accidents and their resulting injuries are certainly unexpected challenges that many people are forced to deal with. If you're one of these people, we'd love to talk to you about your situation. Call us at 801-222-2222. We'll talk to you for free. Or visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. Hey guys, BT here, and Bob and I are two happy customers of Barbecue Pit Stop. I'm absolutely in love with my new Yoder YS640S. This 
is the most versatile smoker grill I've ever used, and its Wi-Fi makes it a cinch. I feel like a barbecue pit master. Hey, whatever you need from grills and smokers to rubs and sauces, Barbecue Pit Stop has it for you in one of their three locations, Lehigh, Salt Lake, or Layton, or online at barbecuepitstop.com. Tee it up at Uinta Golf with the new fall arrivals from Mizuno. Discover layers of feel with the new MP20 range. The MP20 is the ultimate muscle back. The MP20 MMC uses multi-material construction for legendary feel and performance. And the MP20 HMB is a playable set of hollow tungsten enhanced irons for many skill levels. Let us help you get custom fit for free today. Uinta Golf, home of the 90-day 100% satisfaction guarantee. It's a reround on Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. All right, welcome back to the show. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper. Brought to you in part by Barbecue Pit Stop. Three locations up and down the Wasatch Front for you. Go to Lehigh, Salt Lake, or Layton, or barbecuepitstop.com. And uh, it's that time of the show, Bob. What are you smoking this weekend? Well, I ended up doing tri-tip last week, yeah. which was phenomenal. Um, but I think it's going to be pork chops this week. All right. Pork chops it is. I love it. Bone-in, bone-in pork chops. Really? I go. I just go with the, the non-bone. But, I mean, you can't go wrong. Bone-in probably yeah. has to be even more tender and juicy with the bone, huh? Flavor. Flavor with the bone, yes. All right. Well, if you need to get oh. uh, and by the way, yeah. what, do you use the Pork Star Rub on that? I will use the Pork Star Rub, and I'll fire them up on my Traeger 1300 Timberline. Both available at Barbecue Pit Stop or BarbecuePitStop.com. The Pork Star is their in-house pork rub, and it is definitely worth the trip to one of their locations to pick some up. So if you're going to do it, if you need to get yourself a smoker, go to our friends at Barbecue Pit Stop or BarbecuePitStop.com. All right, as we mentioned, I had a chance to catch up with um, Jason Sobels, a senior writer for the Action Network, and talk about some of the, well, the hot topics of the week. He's a good friend of ours. Here he is, Jason Sobel. Well, listen, I wanted to get your take. Bob and I have been talking a little bit about uh, the Skins game this week, and I had to go back and watch it after the fact. I mean, it was it's a tough watch in the middle of the night kind of deal. But I, I thought from a television standpoint, I, I, I found myself enjoying it more so than the Tiger Phil match. And I've been, as Bob and I have discussed, is this just because there are two extra people in there to interact with? Is it that there's just always a little awkwardness between Tiger and Phil when it's just the two of them? Yes. Uh, was it better produced, you know, for television? What, what was your take on what you saw there? Uh, or is it a combination of all those things? I, I think it's a combination of everything. I, I look at it this way. If you're going to watch golf at whatever time it is, wherever you are, you know, it's the, like midnight to 3 a.m. where I am. And I just have to not be that tired and staying up. And so I, I watched a lot of it. I think I got through about 15 holes on the East coast and it's better than anything else. You're going to be watching golf wise at that time of night. So I like, yeah, it was, it was cool. It was fun. It was okay. I mean, it was kind of a Monday practice round for big money where they're all mic'd up and you know, that's okay. It needs to be more than that. I thought that Tiger and Phil's match last year was more of a spectacle. I think they were trying to raise the bar of expectations so high by announcing the the match more than six months ahead of time and it being big money. I, I still think there needs to be a little more that can be done to sort of not even motivate the players, just make it more interesting. I felt like there needs to be a line somewhere between the excessiveness and opulence of $9 million and a really rich get richer kind of match that we saw last year in Las Vegas and 
some of the world's best golfers playing for $10,000, $15,000 a hole. I'm just sitting there thinking, yeah, Tiger's got that much stuck on his shoe right now. He, he doesn't need that money. He's obviously getting paid to be there or else he probably wouldn't be there. So, you, you know, that, that didn't get them too motivated. I'm not sure there's money that can get them motivated. I'd like to see side action. Yeah, just something, you know, the, the loser's got to go caddy the par three contest at Augusta for the winner. <laughs> loser's got to wear the winner's clothes. The loser's got to, you know, uh, I don't know, just go, go, you know, serve them food in the locker room. I, I don't know, just something. Something that would be a little denigrating, a little embarrassing, and at least make these guys say, you know what, I kind of really want to make this putt just so I don't have to do that. You know, it's kind of interesting, Jason, as you said, you were talking about money and the difference between Tiger and Phil and, and what these guys were playing. It was it was almost old school with Jack and, and Arnold and Gary and, and Watson as far as the amount of money they were playing for. Yeah, and which is cool. And, and I like it. I like the fact that it doesn't have to be millions of dollars. It's just that we all know, uh, and I don't know the exact figures that these guys are getting uh, paid in appearance fees to go over and play a skins game in Japan and Obviously, the wink, wink, nod, nod, backroom discussions to get them to stay for the Zozo Championship itself and hang out there for the whole week and play in that tournament. So I'm sure there's something behind closed doors where they're getting taken care of. And so even for Jason Day to win $200,000 in that skins game, that's probably a small drop in the bucket compared to what he was going to make anyway just for showing his face there and bringing his clubs with him. So... I think for all of us to look at it, say, okay, well, they're playing for some money, but it needs to be for something. It needs to be for pride. It needs to be something to motivate these guys because I just don't know that the money is going to do it. The money's fine. I mean, you have to have some way of tallying up a winner and a loser, and, and that's fine. It was, you know, increasing uh, prize money on the first six holes, the middle six, and the last six, the last one worth even more. And that's the way to do it. But I don't care if it's points or money or whatever it is. Uh, you're getting a winner and a loser, but give me a little something more for the winner and loser. No, I'm it's with not you. not necessarily a, a monetary kind of thing. No, I'm with you. I hear you. And, of course, you, you know, Jason Sobel joining us here. You're with the Action Network, so you want some action then. And I get it. That, that, that makes some sense. Exactly. Call, call me a Boy Scout, though. But – I, I kind of, I didn't even think about the money. Like, I guess I've, there's so much money amongst those kinds of players that I don't even right. know. Almost, I don't even quantify it in my head anymore. I just, I just consider that they have more money than they can ever deal with. So I'm not even going to think about the, the fact that this money might be a pressure or change their life in some way. I, the thing that I liked was some of the casual conversation, you know, some of the discussions that they had. I just thought that was more. To me, it felt like I was almost playing alongside some of the best players in the world, like what it would be like. And even just to walk on those guys, even if it felt like a practice round, just to be able to walk on a, you know, around and watch a couple guys play. And, and Bob and I have had a chance to do that with some of the, the players around here, Mike Weir, Tony Finau, some of the guys that, that, that play around here. And you just, just to kind of see how they go about their business, chat with them, how do they hit certain shots. And uh, I, I don't know, that to me, it felt like that was – that came across more organically. I know it's all set up, but it came across more organically than that Tiger Phil match. I guess that's what I was really alluding to. I agree with that. And and like I said earlier, it's better than anything else you're going to watch on the <laughs> Golf Channel at that time of night. I mean, the, the 174th rerun of Pin Cup wasn't going to keep you as glued to the TV as that Skins game was. So, yeah, it, it's cool. It's something to watch. I, 
I, I don't know that we have to go overboard with these things, but yeah, if they want to do them once a month and, you know, basically turn a Monday practice round into a televised Monday skins game or some other type of little four man event. Yeah. I'm all for it. Go for it. That's cool. You know, more golf to watch better for everybody involved. Uh, you know, that said, I think it would be best if the players were mic'd up but didn't know they were mic'd up, and so we could hear the real conversations, <laughs> not the ones that they know we're going to hear. You know, one of the interesting things that I liked was uh, the interview as they were walking up up one of the holes where Rory talked about um, about his his interaction or his feelings with what Brooks Kepka um, mm-hmm. talked about as far as uh, throwing out throwing out. Uh, you know, that there isn't any rivalry or anything like that. I, th- I thought he was very forthcoming with his comments regarding that. He's so good. I, I mean, I, I've said this time and again. I'm sure I've said it on the show with you guys before, but I've been doing this a long time. You guys obviously have as well. I, I don't know that there's been a time before this when the best player in the world was also the best interview in the world as well in golf. And, and you know, for years, and I'm sure you guys go through the same thing. You meet somebody and say, hey, what do you do? You know, all the players, hey, who, who's like the best guy to talk to? Who's like the best quote out there? Who, who's your like, you know, guy to go to? And I always give a few names and people go, oh. Like, they're disappointed because it's like, oh, I'm sorry. That guy was, he was 78th on the money list last year, but he's a really good quote. That's who I like talking to. That's, you know, kind of my go-to guy. And, you know, a few guys like that. Right now, I, I honestly think Rory McIlroy is the best quote of the game. And quite honestly, Brooks Kepka has gone from a guy who said absolutely nothing to a guy who absolutely doesn't care about what he says and what people think about him and will say pretty much anything. And I think it's great. You know, I think the fact that Brooks really doesn't have a filter and isn't worried about kicking off anybody else on the PGA Tour or really anybody else anywhere and speaks his mind, I think that's great. I think what Brooks said is relevant. He's right. I mean, it's a fact. It's not Brooks' opinion. It's a fact. Brooks has won four majors. Since he's been there and, and since he's been playing in him, Rory's won exactly zero. So you can't really call it a rivalry. I thought Rory is very open and honest. You got to remember Rory's walking up a fairway getting asked this question. It's not like he's sitting in a press conference ready to answer that question. I mean, he's just got to kind of on a whim just, you know, think about what Brooks's comment was and what his reaction to it was. I thought Rory uh, was very truthful. He said, look, I get it. He's right. Uh, you know, there's no arguing this. And, and quite frankly, guys, you know, this, I don't know in other sports is is going to be such a big controversy, but in golf, and especially in golf in October, where there's not a whole lot else to talk about besides whatever event is being played on the PGA Tour that week, it's going to qualify as sort of big news, and that's okay. You know, it's good for us to have something to talk about, but quite honestly, it's just not that big of a deal. All right, that was Jason Sobel joining us earlier. Hope you enjoyed that one. Hey, by the way, we appreciate Mountainland Supply and their sponsorship of the show uh, and sponsoring hour number three. And by the way, just remember, temperature's dropping. And that uh, means potential frozen pipes, busted sprinklers, or worse. You need to turn to the experts at Mountainland Supply to get you the right products for your yard that will last this time. And uh, hey, don't forget... They've got everything you need from sprinklers, controllers, pipe, everything to irrigate the golf courses as well as your yard. Shop where the pros shop. Go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you. 
And that's going to do it for us. Unfortunately, we're out of time. If you missed any part of the show, realgolfradio.com is the website. At Real Golf is the Twitter handle. Be sure to get out there and follow us. You can hear our conversation with the caddy, Jason Sobel, Boyd Summerhays, and and, uh, the rest. Be sure to check it out uh, at uh, many of the podcast sites as well. And then we're also on the 1280 The Zone app. You can click on it right there and hit on uh, on demand, and boom, you'll find Real Golf Radio and any of our segments available. They're right there on the 1280 The Zone app. Thanks to Dave Glauser, our producer. For Bob Casper, I'm Brian Taylor, and thanks to Mountainland Supply for sponsoring our number three of Real Golf Radio. We'll be back next week right here on 1280 The Zone. Thanks for listening to Brian and Bob on Real Golf Radio. Join us on Twitter at Real Golf or on our website at realgolfradio.com. It's been real. 